Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. Gonna have Trent and it is wonderful to have your company today for this episode, this very special episode number 263. Today we have a very special guest joining us. And it's me. Yeah, it's Frank. Yay! <laughs> but what we're talking about is one of the Kickstarters we are most excited by mm-hmm. in 2022. We're, we're excited about another one. Similarly, by the same producer, but let's not get into that right ooh, now. Ooh. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Hello, hello. And the maple syrup to my <laughs> Manuka honey, Mr. <laughs> Rob McZob. Bonjour et salut, uh, Dorian du Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, have, you, have you gone over to Quebec? Uh, we did pass through Quebec recently for one of the projects we're talking about. I love. Quebec, les Québécois, Montréal. Did you did you need to brush up on your French to do the tour? Like, was that a, a requisite? <laughs> it, it would have been smart had we done that. I'm not going to lie. We avoided <laughs> staying specifically in Quebec just in case there would have been a language issue. Now, I love I love Quebec. I love French Canadian culture. I'm one of the few Canadians that fully embraced it. Took it all the way up to university and college. But it's been some years, fellas, since I've had to parlez-vous français avec les francophones. So I am not quite as fluent as I maybe should be, for at least toy hunting purposes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it's a skill. The uh, the bilingual. You can mm. you can read bilingual packaging, so you, you know. I mean, that's, like, that's about a, that, that's a big. Bonus. That's the only benefit I've had so far, and I'll tell you what: it says the same thing that it says in English. <laughs> Translations very Spoilers. Why did I spend 20 years on this? It's bang on. Truth told, there's no secret powers revealed in the translation. You don't need the Dakota ring or 20 years of studies. It's the same thing. So on my my dating profile app, I can say speaks three languages because I've got trilingual (laughs) packaging in my collection. Yeah, love it. Dating profile app. Did you hear that, Leanne? (laughs) Yeah. I've I've never had to do that, uh, thankfully. Um, But there, there we go. Hey. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. And we are here to talk all things toys, all things pop culture. But we want to start off with what we're super excited about, what I'm sure you're going through the final throes of putting together the final package of Action Figure Adventure Season 2. And we we want to touch base with you because there are only days left, days Mm. left on the Kickstarter to get in to back. We talked about it in our last news episode The different tiers you can come in at. You can get your digital copy. You can get your hard copy. You can even go on a tour with these gentlemen. Yeah, plane, for, for, plane ticket included. Well, apparently, I'm coming. I'm coming down. I, yeah. I want to be part of these tours. But that's, check out that trilingual uh, packaging uh, <laughs> in team. person. Yeah, that, this it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> but we want to start off just with a massive congratulations because you've blown away. Hit the goal. You're, you're good to go. This thing is live. This thing is going ahead. So. First up to you and to you and Jay, massive congratulations on hitting your your targets. Woo! 
Well, thanks so much. I mean, we didn't know when we would hit, if we would hit. We hope that the 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 fan support that we generated from season one, plus what we do with our weekly podcast, was going to lead to a success. And you know, not gonna lie, faking filmation from you know last year, we're hoping that there was a little bit of spill over there from people that like the work that we do on that front. And we were happy that we we crossed the goal in like two and a half days. We were looking for five thousand U.S. dollars to basically get a disc run of season two and to help cover some legal and insurance costs because that stuff is like 20 grand plus us dollars so every bit helps and uh you know that 5,000 guarantees that disc run which is super limited uh we only had a few left over from season one so those are highly collectible now and it's cool that the community made it happen and they're the one that gets to uh, reap the rewards of uh, limited edition physical product fantastic awesome all right so uh, moving on talking about the uh difference between season one versus season two so what what does season two bring to the table that you maybe hadn't done in season one that the exciting absolutely things, nothing. nothing there's absolutely Same. nothing Copy paste. It, 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 it's, it's all 70 percent less exciting 70 percent more the same. So it's a no, repaint. It's, it's, it's a repaint. It's, it's a reissue. Exactly. It's a, it's a variant. That's all it is. It's the glow in the dark version of season season one. It's a, it's, it's a translucent. Uh, you can see yeah. through everything at this point. Translucent. <laughs> uh, it it's it, it's the best and the worst answer, right? Like it's exactly more of what made season one work with a few little twists and, and yep. turns here. For one, the whole journey takes place in the course of seven or eight days. Season one, we shot over six months, a weekend here, a weekend there. So now for the sake of television and entertainment, there's a ticking clock that never goes away. We're constantly Mm, waiting. It's like, okay, can we move on and go to the next store? We've only got so much time before we got to hit the road and drive another few hours. It's very much like Nintendo Quest in that capacity. And the reason for that big shift was COVID. Uh, We could be gone for too long. We didn't want to be on the road. It was going to be unpredictable to shoot for a weekend and not know when we were going to be able to get back out on the road, possibly because regional uh, levels go up and down mandates. When we were crossing into uh, Nova Scotia, they had a checkpoint where we had to show vaccine IDs just to go like in the same country. Like we weren't going to America or anything, but they were still stopping to make sure everything was checked. And we had to send our information ahead of time to their provincial government. So that when we, when we arrived at the queue, they're like, yep, okay, you're good to go. See you later. So that's a lot of work and imagine not trying, not knowing the end. So as a filmmaker and on the producing side, I had to make sure that we could shoot the journey, like 90% of it in one kind of one big swoop. So that's that's a big change. And I think as people watch the episodes, as much as season one flowed with cliffhangers at the end of every episode, pulling you into the next one, this is really, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it's it's a tightly woven uh, adventure that we go on. That's that's the biggest difference, I would I would say. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Right. So in season one, you, you ran the auctions back to back in in one day. This time in season two, I believe you've approached things a little bit differently as far as the the auctions when Jay has collected all the pieces and stuff. What's what's happening in that in that space? Right. So for those that maybe hadn't seen uh, Action Figure Adventure at all in any capacity, season one or even the trailer for season two, or don't understand the concept, I basically go out on the road with my good buddy jay bartlett he's fronting the cash for the coolest noteworthy most rare figures that he can find store to store uh they go up in the auction and once he recoups his his upfront uh nest egg so to speak the rest gets donated to the children's health foundation and specifically their child life program 
which benefits critically and terminally ill kids. My son is now part of that program. Uh, halfway through season one, when we were filming, we found out he had an autoimmune disease. And because it was a charity that was local, he went right under the purview. So it became extra important and really mm. hit close to home. Uh, no different for season two, same foundation, same program, same support, except for with COVID and everything, donations. We were skeptical about how well that program was doing. So we wanted to make sure when we thought about the auction, what's the best way that we could do it? Season one ended with a live show and we had to time the auction so that they ended just minutes after another so that we could go on, we could talk about an item and then it was done and move on mm -hmm. to the next one. We thought, especially since we had launched a podcast uh, in the months after season one, why not do it week by week so we could talk about one item at a time and really build it up. Now it would take 11 weeks to get all auction items out there. But hey, we are not shy about promotion. We, we have no problem. We have no problem putting it out there and selling it and, and talking about it. And I mean, these are toys, right? Like every item that we came across is, is noteworthy and unique onto its own, let alone the story that goes with it, which of course you can discover when you pre-order Action Figure Adventure Season 2 on Kickstarter today. When the final hours, the final days, you can do it. You can be part of the team. <laughs> Uh, we just thought it'd be better to do it over 11 weeks rather than have items compete with each other, even though, you know, somebody that's a Dino Rider fan might not want one of the Star Wars items and there wouldn't be any kind of cannibalism. It was just easier to focus and maybe educate yeah. and get people excited about something that maybe they didn't collect. But hey, here's a cool chance to support a cool charity, yep. to be part of television history and to get something that maybe you didn't have on your shelf or that you really needed. So a little bit more spotlight and a little bit more focus on the items, I think was a better trajectory and uh, outcome. Yeah, it gives people's uh, wallets a chance to recharge. You know, they might get that that item at week one and then go, I know what's coming up in 10 weeks' time. Got to yeah. earn that money. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was another thing that, that came into play. It's like if somebody wanted more than one item, these are not necessarily, you know, the, the rack toys from the dollar store <laughs> that you can afford to squirrel a bunch away. This gave them at least three three months between item one and item 11. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Now you're on, you're on tour, right? You're going around. You got your ten days, cross country, going to different toy stores, and you're doing this first and foremost for the show to pick up, like you said, those prestigious items that are going to get the best return for the Children's Health Foundation. But you're also there as a toy collector, and you're also <laughs> going through and looking at all these goodies. With once your objective is done. What else is there for my toy room and, and my potential toy collection? Now, can you give us a little bit of insight as to maybe some of the things that you saw that were not show specific that tickled your and Jay's fancy and, and may have, you know, caused you to throw a few dollars behind the counter of these beautiful <laughs> toy stores you visited? I, th I can't think of a more dangerous situation to be in than <laughs> managing the space in a midsize SUV between four people, their luggage, production gear, and a growing amount of toys for the show, <laughs> except for to put two, you know, addicted collectors into the mix and have to squeeze their own passions into that as well. It, it's a recipe for disaster. And I'm, and I'm telling you, you will see as the episodes go on, the whole idea, well, space is becoming an issue. Space is becoming an issue. Can we get it in the car? <laughs> Do we have to ship this back? Can we leave it behind though? <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's one of those things. It's like, we're here now. We're 3000 kilometers away from home. We can't leave it. We got <laughs> to do something. What do we do? So it, like you guys said, it was always the show first, but then there's always, okay, let's go shopping. <laughs> let's see mm. what's there. 
And that's always so much fun because you can kind of chill out a little bit because the cameras are off and you're not amped up trying to, you know, be on your best moment. Lots of stuff, honestly, lots of stuff from the you know, carded Star Wars stuff like Kenner 77 through 83, uh, carded master stuff, mask, like wow. everything that you guys can think of. We saw everything kind of everywhere. Every story we went into, there was temptation. Um, you know, you've probably seen that show Temptation Island. This is like a Temptation <laughs> toy store where it's like, can you go in and not spend something? I'd watch that. Like, how are you going to survive this, right? You know, like, can't, you can't, no, you're not collecting this line right now. You said you were going to focus on this. You're cheating on that toy line by getting this thing over here. You're voted off the other, but it was so good. It was worth it. Like, it's so tough. And especially when you go to new stores, like we obviously visit a few of the stores that were in season one which was a conscious decision to lay some familiar groundwork, like revisiting a store. When we go out there, I was all collectors. Like, oh, what do they got at Lobo's for you guys? Like yep, this yep, time yep, over yep. that yeah. I haven't seen before. So for us going back to Heroes, it's kind of, it was kind of our home-based store in season one. Same thing with season two. It's just nice to revisit familiar faces and see how stock has changed for good or bad. But when you get to a new store, when you're so far away, that's when the pressure comes on. Right? So we, we picked up a lot of stuff. I actually got a, a number of Marvel Universe figures. I really like the three and three quarter inch scale from that line. Yeah. That was, I think, 2008 to 2012. There was a lot of two packs that came out near the end of that run. Doctor Strange and Silver Surfer, Spider-Man, Rhino, Colossus, uh, Juggernaut. Really cool toy line. And it takes up a lot less space than Marvel Legends. And the details <laughs> yeah. are there. Yep. The articulation is there. Uh, unfortunately it's the same price as marvel legends so <laughs> it's hard to justify like well why am i buying something that's almost like half the size for the same cost but then you got that spaced quotient and they look you can get much more on a shelf and it looks really cool together jay got some awesome clash to the titans uh items he got the pegasus in mint condition wow. for example that was yeah. really really cool yeah um he uh what else did he get there's Honestly, so many just like odds and ends, like one figure here from G.I. Joe, one figure here from Mask. Uh, I think I got one or two like Team NT guys that I didn't expect. I got Darkwing and Launchpad from Playmates. Nice. And of course, as soon yeah. as I brought them home, my, my daughter wanted to play with them. <laughs> but it was fine. So like, go ahead, play with them. I don't care. I mean, they were like $25 each, which is maybe pricey for a Playmates toy that's used, you know, open mm. and stuff. But she's having so much fun. But you've Over got here, you guys have got his head yeah. spins with yeah, the dial good. on his back and <laughs> you can get Darkwing's hat to pop off his How head. good. Like, they're, they're toys. And they're forever, toys. The, play, the play pattern with her and I, it should be like, what are you doing, Darkwing? And you'd be like, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I, just have, I just have to do the same joke where she'll yeah. be Darkwing and she'll be like, what do you think of this launch pattern? He's like, ah! <laughs> and that's all I need to do that's for like it. an hour with her. It's brilliant. So... It, it's pretty awesome. And Pure they joy. love hanging out in the tour in the, in the sewer place set from turtles. Right. Cause it's like the same scale. So yep. yeah. that's their base of operation for her. Awesome. But yeah, and it's, it's just lots of fun. And I should say, you know, the reason is to go on the road to do the show. Well, no, it's not. It's the show's cool and all, and it's an opportunity, but it's a reason to hang out. Yeah. yeah and definitely. I tell you yeah. this with, with COVID, I mean, with my son with what he's dealing with on a, on a medical side, I haven't got out too much guys like that week is the most that I've been out in the last two years. Wow. We still get groceries delivered to the door. We're not seeing anybody because we just can't risk kind of exposure right now. He's thankfully had two doses of uh, his vaccine. My daughter hasn't had any yet. Yeah. So there's still a little concern there because of her age. So I'm still very much in the basement, but that week, that was the week to live it up yeah. <laughs> and make the most of it, get a good show in the can, get some dollies for the show <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, live it up. So 
it's everything. It's the show. It's helping the kids. It's hanging out. Uh, it was a good kind of release to finally like hang out and, you know, be with buddies again, as I'm sure you guys know all too well. Definitely. Oh, amen. Yeah, outstanding. Um, before we get on to the next question, what, what other teasers can you give us about season two? What, like pump it up? Like what, what can, what, you know, we've seen the trailer, which looks so exciting and things, but what else can you tease about uh, season two? Uh, and, and, I want an exclusive. Well, in Darren, this, Darren was big on exclusives. Yeah. Drop it right we, here, we right now. Action figure <laughs> adventure season two exclusive. And I want a, I want a little insight into Jay's mental anguish, right? Yeah. I, I want, I Hard mean, calls. I know it would double the budget, but gee, that space issue and and least you know, do you is there a devil on the shoulder? Is there a, is there a little Rob McCallum? Yeah, it's me. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> every episode, all the time, every possible situation. Maybe one of the biggest differences between season one and season two is I am pushing his buttons at every possible turn. <laughs> I love it. The way that the way that you guys know I can do. If you listen to our show week to week, you know I get his goat as much as I can. And when you guys have me on here, you guys kind of know how I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just I, I am unrelenting in this season because I'm not going to just sit back again. We're only there for a week. I've yep. got to make the most of it. I'm not going to sit back and let him be comfortable in a decision because the one thing he said to me, you know, this is about getting our out of our comfort zone. I'm like, OK, now you've given me the ammunition <laughs> the green to question every single thing that you are about to do because I'm like, well, why are you doing that? Well, it's what it feels right. I'm like, this is about getting out of your comfort zone. Today. <laughs> don't, don't do what feels right to go against the grain. <laughs> and like and even when there's stuff that I'll agree with, like, oh, I think I'm, gonna do I'm like, you know, that's a good idea. But what if you did this thing over here and is like, oh, man, I don't know. So the difference between season one and season two, again, leisurely toy hunting over six months, doing something for the first time has its own challenges because you don't know how it's going to play out. But doing it in a, in a pressure cooker time capsule, even with twice the amount of money, it's, it's still the time factor. And you're still completely dependent on what's in each and every one of these toy stores yes, yep. to populate an auction and raise money for these kids. So you don't want to go into a store and leave empty handed. But do they have that big ticket item? Do you want to risk some of your budget? Well, what can you pick up to maybe trade? Jay's not a huge guy into the trading world. It's a little out of his comfort zone. He wants to go in, know that, that that's a great piece and get it and feel like he's you know progressing up the ladder. And I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing <laughs> until he bleeds from the brain trying to understand <laughs> until the his best thing to do. Until his duck hat spins up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> his launch pad, his head's on a launch pad yeah, yeah. and his hat comes off yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. It's a double feature. Uh, as far as exclusives, you know, I'm happy to give you guys a Toy Power uh, podcast exclusive. What kind of exclusive do you want to know? Give me some sort of realm or some sort of uh, you know, component that you want me to do to tease or spoil. It is the coolest uh, toy show that I've ever seen. I will say that obviously I'm biased. It is, <laughs> it is so much more fun than season one because we're together. I'm pushing his buttons, which is always entertaining. I think the toys are more interesting, even if some of them are a little bit lesser known. There's a greater diversity of the stuff that we find, even the stuff that we don't pick up. It's, it, it is truly uh, comprehensive across the board. What? Of, of toy culture what, what, I, what i'm interested in um and and go as much into this as you need to or, or leave as much on the table but the biggest regret for jay like in terms of you you're talking about making decisions having to leave things behind space issues with the the van is there a moment we don't have to go into specifics of the item but that of, of just pure regret and pure 
acknowledgement later on of something that a decision or something that was left behind mm. that that may have caused some some angst or some second guessing. Yes. <laughs> That's all the detail we can it. provide. <laughs> well, I'll just say that the best part about being in a world with social media is that you're constantly connected to everything. And when you guys have your favorite toy stores and you're in these different toy groups and stuff, sometimes these toy stores post in these toy groups about what's going on and what just came in and all carry right. on down to get yes. it. There's toy stores that posted in toy groups while we're on the road and we you know, we're debating back and forth on how much to adjust, if to adjust our current uh, road trip plans and and what happens as a result. Like, okay, do we, it's like the soldier's dilemma, right? Do you run straight down the field or do you do, do you dodge left and get hit by a bullet (laughs) instead of going straight thinking you're going to get hit? So do we adjust our route? We're going to miss out on this thing if we do, which is fine, but then we're, then we're committed to this new path. Yep. And is that going to be the outcome that we want on this new path? Or do we, you know, stick to the thing and realize that we got to maybe let something go? Oh, I like that. Decisions, really, really, decisions. I, I, Choose that adds, your own adventure. And look, and that, that, that time frame, that condensed time frame really adds Hard. into this. Yep. And, this and you got to remember, it's it's the days, but it's not just the days, fellas. It's store hours. Yes, mm. that's right. Right? Yep. Yep. The yeah. stores, and, and I don't know what it's like in uh, in Adelaide in Australia, but I got to tell you, up here, stores, you know, most of the time open at 11. And they close at six. So we've only got a seven hour window for any given store. And if we're trying to hit one or more than one in a day, and we're shooting at each store for like three hours, we've got to book it between stores. Yep. And if they're about to close the store and they don't want to stay open, time to make a choice, time to make a decision. Are you buying something or not? And then once that store locks, we're on the road again. There you go. Yeah. The pressure. Wow. The pressure of the road. Trip. You guys are sweating there thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Just oh, the shivers. Well, like, I'm, just, I'm just envisioning that. Toy 40... hunting's supposed to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that clock in 48 hours that just yep. keeps ticking to the viewer, you know? And then like just a <laughs> gonna... shot of uh, Jay and his face and just the sweat kind of dripping down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to go re-edit it and make it like an episode of 24. Where yes. it's like, that's 24, 24. Yes, that's right. Yeah, 24. Yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah. Oh, for long. You mentioned uh, going to new toy stores as well as the ones you visited previously in season one. Is there a, a standout new toy store that people who might be in that area should be on the lookout for? Like, what's, what was one of the ones where you go, oh, I know it was six hours away, but I'm coming back here, you know, next year, for example. They're all awesome for all many different reasons. Right now on social media or, or the past week, rather, we've been sharing the highlights, just a little little still from each of the stores that we've been into just to give people a flavor. And because we've never been in them, we don't know what to expect. I mean, we can kind of creep from the production side of what it's like on social media, but Jay doesn't know. I mean, Jay doesn't care enough. He just knows he's showing up and whatever we see on social media might be different than when we get there anyway. Of so course. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't really do him any advantage to research. It doesn't do us any advantage. And that comes into play a couple of times too, where we saw stuff on social media. And then when we got there, there's big sold stickers on stuff. No, like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> so what are we going to do now? <laughs> That's another Toy Power exclusive. You got two out of me. So... There, there's a lot of like the east coast stores are, were really cool and that was the big gamble uh we were going to go out west to british columbia and vancouver that's a lot longer drive and try to hit stores along the way like every four hours a new city every in a new store but again timing that with store hours was hard covid numbers were significantly higher out west than they were out east they were even dropping mask mandates by the time we got out east 
Uh, so we just thought, you know, let's go out east. It's shorter if we have to go somewhere else to make up footage. If we needed more, we could. But there was basically a pocket of stores in the Halifax, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia area. There was Lost World, uh, Games, Toys, and Records. It is just a jungle. It is an absolute scrounge trying to find whatever in there. You'll see the picture. It's like, is this like a garage sale that's just housed inside a brick and mortar store? Because there's <laughs> literally everything everywhere. There's no right. order to it. It is 100% uh you know chaos compassionate chaos of the things that we love it's it's just awesome giant robot uh, comics by contrast a nice space you can breathe everything is organized there's vintage over here all nicely displayed and clean there's new stuff on this wall with a few you know vintage pieces at the top it, it's a cool mix uh, and it really plays with your emotion emotions as you go into these stores especially the confined ones where you're, you're like bumping into people to get the shot and jay's in front of you and it's it's tough cape and cowl comics and collectibles was really cool because they had a really awesome comic selection as well as some action figures for us to look at collectible toys was in this tiny little spot and it was just packed full of 90s stuff which is the trend that we're starting yes, to see yes, yeah. it is. Yep. in a lot of our retro. It's like that 30 year window, right? It just keeps moving up about what's popular. So the eighties and seventies stuff is still popular, but you just can't find it anymore because yep, people yep. are really like hanging on to it. Hopefully if the bubble bursts, it'll come back out again. And you know, the next few years we'll be able to pick it up. But the interest is, is so mid nineties and that's what that store was, was nice. like, there's, mm -hmm. there's just so many cool places that yeah, we got cool. to see. And yep. now they're opening in Eternia dreams. I don't know yes. if you guys yep. are familiar yep. with that. Yeah. Alan Seymont. Seymont. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're opening yep. one in the Halifax area oh, wow. in Canada. Oh. So now that we would have like a potential fifth store to go over there, it's hard not to possibly go back yeah. to halifax yeah. for more adventures fantastic good on you yeah sweet awesome. is is there a a um you know a noise that is uh, heard around the world like in season one you uh, jay was eyeing off the attorney that was housed above the um sort of the door frame sort of that up 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 high which is fair enough it's a big unit and uh, the guy goes to get it oh, off no. and, and, and you just hear this crack yeah. as he tries to pull it down and sort of you know they you can just see the the dollar amount of that playset just uh windling down as uh, that crack is heard is there any big <laughs> moments like that uh, jay sees something up you know high above the uh the, the you know the the reach level and totally and destroys then, um, it on the way down yeah, well and then uh, something happens and uh, all of a sudden it's not valued as much anymore <laughs> there there are certainly some some times where jay is looking at a few items and he's like afraid to move it or position it or check some of the joints of the articulation because this stuff is 30, 40 years old. Yes. You push yeah. that arm or that elbow the wrong way, or you turn that wrist, snap. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. We better just like, for example, when he's looking at several different transformers at different times, he'll, he'll look at them and, and like, he'll like in season one, Optimus prime, right? Like he was going to transform prime from truck to robot. And he's like, I'm just going to let you transform it back <laughs> and you can put it away. So there, there's a lot of instances like that. And, and rightfully so, or even just like looking at boxes, like the wind raider has a flap on it right that stands up yes. it's like you don't want to like bend it too much but you want to see how much it bends because that bend is going to play a critical role if somebody can Rushing. you know wants to buy it is it stiff is it floppy everybody wants something stiff mm, nobody yeah. wants something yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> well this, look this sounds fantastic i'm 
I think we're all in here yeah. as, as part of. We're going to want to get the Australian numbers up, definitely. So mm-hmm. jump, jump in on it while you can. And I think to your point, collectability. We're all collectors. We all want the yeah. physical, tangible thing to hold to put up on our shelf. And um, we got some beautiful signed versions of this by the production teams for season one. Mm. So jump on it. It's well worth having in your collection. Super, super exciting. Rob, we do want to talk about another project you're working on, and that is the Faking Filmation documentary with our friend James Etock. Now, that, from memory, did involve you a bit of travel, and, and obviously with the whole COVID situation, that was problematic. Where is that at? How is that progressing? And, and can you shed a bit of light on where, where you're up to with that project? Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm just not going to make the film. I'm just going to take the money. I live in a nice new house now. My collection is a lot better, and, uh, you know... James is deciding whether to uh, fight a lawsuit or not in the meantime. <laughs> it's it's going great. I mean, to be honest, you guys are asking me at the perfect time because a couple of weeks ago we had our first production run. I uh, I sent my good friend Nathan Sollier, who's joined the production team over the last little bit. He worked on season one or season two of Action Figure Adventure, and he's taking on Faking Filmation. And he went from Texas to the Portland area, so the northwest of the USA. And we got our first five interviews in the can, which were just phenomenal. And unlike maybe some people that work in the action figure industry, a lot of these interviews are like three or four hours because I'm starting to realize when you're talking about cartoon history, evolution, and impact, you have to cover like 60 years back and forth of so many ups and downs and trends and politics and everything. So it's been awesome. It's been completely draining to go through these interviews, but I just know we're gleaning so many cool uh, stories and, and insight that I never thought, and that's the best part about doing these. You think you have an idea where some of these projects are going to go. Like, oh, I want to talk about cartoons. We all love cartoons. You know, I grew up in the 80s, 80s cartoons. But then you start learning more and more about them, and you love them more and more. Yeah. And then it's that knowledge that's infectious, right? It's just like collecting figures. You get it. You have it. It's awesome. You enjoy it. You play with it. But when you get the knowledge that goes with it, suddenly that figure that's on the shelf means so much more it's like the playtime experience as a kid now imagine that with all the cartoons you get to watch and you're hearing directly from the people that made them in different capacities it's it's just amazing the the first person we interviewed was billy galaxy from billy galaxy's toys you guys probably saw from episode one on a toy store near you from the nacelle company our good friends that put up season one of action figure adventure uh super great insight really smart guy obviously uh grew up with a lot of filmation shows like so many of us did so he had a lot of cool things to say and a lot of insight from what it was like in america with filmation shows and chasing networks around every saturday morning to try to find his favorite shows and then we talked to andy mangles now andy mangles wrote the book with lou Scheimer, the filmation generation yes, this yeah. is the tome the key piece right that tells lou's entire history from when his father or grandfather punched Hitler in the mouth before <laughs> fleeing Nazi Germany to come to Pittsburgh uh, about Lou going to school with Andy Warhol before coming to California and starting in the animation industry, working with the likes of like Chuck Jones and Fritz Freeling and wow. Robert McKinson of, of Warner brothers and all, and the whole story of how it unfolded. He knows it firsthand from Lou. He's even got audio tapes of most of it. So yeah. my goal with that interview is just, okay, I need the history. Give me the history. Give me the spine of that filmation story. And then give me all your insights around it. So that was, that was actually two interview sessions that we did. So it was a well over four hour interview. We talked with Keith Tucker, who did, he was a storyboard artist. He did work on seasons one of He-Man and season two of She-Ra, tons of GI Joe stuff, tons of like Marvel stuff, X-Men, Spider-Man, 
all the stuff from the 90s that you guys love. There's not a single person that has <laughs> a disappointing resume that we yeah. have talked to. We talked to Rick Koberg, who did the Marvel comics for Star Wars. The covers oh, before yeah, everybody knew yeah. that there was going to be yeah. a big thing. He did the covers for those original Marvel Star Wars comics, and he did a ton of work as well. He only did Lone Ranger, Tarzan, and uh, Zorro for filmation as far as storyboards. But he he started his very first drawing was doing Fred Flintstone for Hanna Barbera. Oh wow! I worked on Scooby Doo yeah. and stuff like so. These are the people right, that yeah. I'm that I'm talking to to get a whole scope of what the industry is like. It's just awesome, and of course, some of these people. In the 80s and 90s and, and beyond, got to work like at Microsoft and work on Halo. And because they're traditional animators and people are trying to do these cutscenes, well, who are you gonna, you know, who are you gonna call? The Ghostbusters of cartoons, I guess. Yeah. Like, well, let's get these people up here and do. It. And again, people worked on the real Ghostbusters and filmation Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters Extreme. I could go on and on about everything, guys. But needless to say, we've got some amazing footage in the can. We're gearing up for our first big LA trip. In a couple of weeks at the end of the month, we'll hope to have another 10 interviews in the can. That'll give us about 15 or so. And then hopefully cross your fingers. If everything looks good, numbers and lifestyle and all that sometime in October, I'll be hitting the road, meeting up with James in LA and get to tell a bunch of his story and what he's going to do. Maybe tour around the filmation, former filmation offices, get him sit down in front of a lawyer, see what that chat goes like, how screwed is he and go from there. <laughs> yep. Wow. What did you guys think of the return of Faker? That came out at Christmas time. You guys are all backers, I think. Did you guys check it out? Lo- loved it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we we um I I'm a big fan all the way back from when they released it. Super Seven released it, and then uh, the Three Terrors and things. I was on board. Bought yeah. the figures. Bought the mummified Skeletor and things. And uh, fortunately, when we were just recently going through Darren's collection, getting things ready for the um, local toy fair. I was blown away by the uh, amount those loose figures are going for these days, like seventy-five to a hundred and fifty dollars uh, loose each. Yeah. Just, just, and and here I am thinking, oh, that's a twenty-five dollar figure, you know, that I've purchased <laughs> and squared away and sitting there. It's just, just insane, and that's not even carded. You know, carded is astronomical, like unaffordable uh, in the, you yeah. know, to the normal person. And uh, yeah, just, just, you know, so that that goes to show how much. Uh, excitement and things there are for the um th- that you know show, and um you know faking filmation is another offset of uh, obviously what James has done, and like you know I just I just think that's fantastic. You know this is where the, Mattel just need to calm down and let uh you know let 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 the third parties and things build on their existing properties because it only comes back and helps them. Yeah. You know they're just so. Uh, gung-ho about holding their own you know licenses and things but they don't in my opinion they certainly don't do enough with them they let these licenses die and the only people holding the torches are the fans and when the fans get too you know um strong and you know build up and make try and make their own things then they they slam the the hammer down and say right the lawsuit you know, incoming. It's just ridiculous. And I found it extremely fascinating on your Jay and Rob, uh, you interviewed one of the guys uh, who had something to do with Mattel uh, not long ago. Yeah. Um, Zach, who put out uh, his recent book, self-published, that went into detail on the variants. Yes, that's right. Yes. And he got a slapstick uh, saying, you know, sorry, you can't sell it through Amazon anymore and things, which I just found, I was screaming at my, you know, stereo, like while listening to you guys, you know, like Mattel, just <laughs> calm down. Like if it wasn't for fans like this, there wouldn't be this, not, you know, inbound knowledge. Mattel aren't producing a 
you know, proper licensee copy of this sort of uh, variance checklist. So why slap a, a fan? You know, why why calm them down? Like I just don't understand. I, and and I think but, well, there's a bunch of reasons, right? There's course. a bunch of reasons yep. for this. Yep. One, they have to actively protect their IP, whether right. they agree with it or not. Yep. They have to show it, and they can't establish precedent precedent of ignorance. Yes, they have to. That's their job. But also, they've got shareholders, and this is something that's making money for them right now. So they can't allow somebody else to potentially piss off shareholders when there is an active line, an active... I mean, there's a few Masters of the Universe options right now, if mm-hmm. you're into it, to uh, spend some money, right? It wasn't like, you know, 10 years ago where there was just classics, yep. and that's the only one avenue. It wasn't like in the 90s where there was absolutely nothing. But it's these times of dormancy where fans rise and keep the torch going. And that's when fans are allowed to do projects. But once it catches on again, where the brands decide to get behind it, that's when I think fans have to be hands off. Otherwise you get into this trouble. You guys were talking about formal toys and how they switched to like, yeah, Dra- yeah. Dragonor. Some of you guys didn't like the switch. I personally loved it because it's kind of like a bit of an F to Mattel because they're still getting the line. I don't mind the changes. In fact, I like the originality. How many times have we said, do we need to buy another, you know, Leonardo, He-Man or whatever, just because the eyebrow is different? Well, probably <laughs> not. I don't want something that's an homage that isn't actually licensed, that is sort of based on concept art that somebody was hired as a freelancer to do for a third-party licensing company, you know, 15 <laughs> years ago. That doesn't exactly scratch my itch. And there's more than enough <laughs> official master stuff out there that's, you know, pulling from the same catalog. I'd rather something new, something fresh. If it's got a heavy metal theme song, then I'm in. (laughs) Well called. Well said, well said. But that's going to be a fascinating insight. I think to, I just think what James did with the Return of Faker episode and the way he constructed that with the love and passion and and the quality that went into that. I mean, and you, I'm not going to be disparaging against what super seven produced in terms of the three terrors yep it's but it's you, night and day it's, it's night, night and day right? and, and, the three terrors is a publicity stunt right. i know that people care about the effort that went into it, the people that work on it you know they put their best for it but forward but just it's night and day yes. it's that feels like here's marketing for san diego comic-con which is when it premiered we shot it for power of graceful in the parking lot yay that does not have the love and the same attention to detail or the fan service and not an over the top fan service kind of way, like Dr. Strange too. no comment. <laughs> uh, this is, this is all about like doing what feels genuine. This is genuine homage and not just, you know, put something on, get it out the door so we can hit Comic-Con as a release date. Yeah. Agreed. And you know, to think like only someone with James E. knowledge, because what he did was he basically took all existing sequences and redid them obviously you know recolored uh he-man into the faker Mm. took all the original voices right and lines of dialogue and lined them up to make something new like that's that's insane just imagine i can't even imagine memorizing i can't that's the thing like like, i'm still wrapping my head head it's It's crazy Rob's head's doing 360s. (laughs) He memorized 130 episodes of dialogue so that he could sit down with pen and paper and go, oh, I need this line. (laughs) (laughs) And then writes it down. Oh, okay, what about this? (laughs) Done. Yeah. Yeah, he probably did it like in an hour because it's so secondhand to him. (laughs) You know, he didn't go back and check it. It it was there. And then, like you said, he he matched the images to it, had to, you know, change the mouth. And of course, do it all in HD, which meant tracing every single line again at the same frame rate. He had to replicate all the effects work again. It, yeah. And th- yeah. that, that to me is the, that's the travesty. That's the travesty in this. And, and mm-hmm. I know 
you're going to explore this. You've got it. There's a counter for the legal side, and you know, I, I feel for Mattel. You know, like you say, shareholders. It's it, it's something. It's a role. It's something they have to do. Or the expectation is there. But to me, it's a travesty to let something like that. A lot. And James is not trying to make money out of this. Yeah. To let something like that and the knowledge and craftsmanship that goes behind that go unseen. Go unseen. Like yeah. that, that to me is, a, is almost like a, a crime in itself. It, yeah. And it's not just Mattel, guys. It's, it's NBC Universal specifically that owns the rights to the Filmation Library. They're the ones that brought the suit. You know, Mattel probably has a, an opinion on this. And if there was a chance for them to drop some paperwork on James, they wouldn't will. You know, like mm. it, it, it's possible. There's also a whole bunch of other issues. Like the actors could have problems with it because their vocal performances are getting, you know, construed without their permission in ways that they never signed off for. So if James were to make money, then all like the actor, the union guilds could come after them. The music rights holders, we know Saban is highly litigious when it comes to like his music getting reused in Shuki Levy and it getting kind of put out there. I mean, you put YouTube stuff out there without their permission, you'll get copyright flagged 100% of the time. Right. I know my friends that worked on Turtle Power, they had to re-record the Turtle theme song from the from the cartoon in the 80s because of the issues with that original song uh, done by Chuck Lorre, and yep. I think Saban had a, had a piece of it. So they just had to pay for mechanical rights and re-record it themselves because there was no way they could use the original yep. in a legal way. Everything is about legal contracts. I'm doing another project where there we can't. We're trying to get some episodes freed for preservation and access, and those contracts were written in the '60s, and they were highly prohibitive for any kind of reuse whatsoever. So they could only air once ever, and if they're ever used for a clip or anything like that, it was like ten times the cost of producing it originally. Like ridiculous kind of stuff. So it's it's not unique unto. Uh, masters or any of these other properties it's just the nature of the industry to be protective because nobody feels like they make enough money doing all this crap fair enough yep well that that's a better uh yeah in, insight to than what i had <laughs> no, that was, I, I think well, i don't know most of the yeah. time i'm talking out of my ass or my head spinning yeah. <laughs> i want that in an action figure um no but it's, it's really interesting in the sense rob you as a content creator producer so you you sort of you're straddling both lines of this argument in the sense that you want your IP, your hard work that you put into making these things, yeah. you know, you deserve to be remunerated accordingly for that. So you can I think that's an interesting perspective that we probably, you know, don't have so much that that there's that side of it too personally that you're attached to. So, you know, and and I think that's what <laughs> makes anything like this really fascinating is where you can go deep onto both lines of that that argument or that analysis i'm finally the own devil on my own shoulder yeah <laughs> because i want it out there but do i want to pay for what it should be cost and, and all that stuff i mean guys we're, we're charging ten dollars right now on kickstarter for action figure adventure season two for like two years of work on it help us out please. <laughs> <laughs> rob's gotta eat yeah. help rob to eat and i but but that's this is the yeah. thing i mean this is in a world where there is just so much content um, you know, th this is a real challenge. It's a like bargain it's, it's, compared it's, to what's out there. Well, yeah. that, well, this is right. But you, you think about, we want to encourage this content to be created because this is what we enjoy. We want to sit down. We want to be immersed in the stuff that we love. And that's why I always think we've got to support the creators on these things. If we want more of this stuff, like we're living in a renaissance. I just think back, like I look now at what is available to us in terms of the, the stuff we want to see and the, the, the stuff we want to immerse ourselves in. And 
I, if I, if you'd put me ten years ago and said this is the world you're going to live in, I'd be like, my my goodness, my dreams yep. have come true. Yeah. This is uh, it's, a, it's a geek fandom, and it's out there, and it's mainstream, it's wonderful. But it's only out there and wonderful because people can can work on it mm-hmm. and can can make something of it. So we we have to if we want to live in that world where it's all out there, we got to support and put back to the creators. I think that's really important. Well said. Yes. <laughs> so get on it. Get on it. Hey, now, do you have a question for us, Rob? We're going to turn the table do. here. Oh. So first of all, I, I defied odds because nobody thought I'd ever be allowed back on your show after the last <laughs> time, after the previous time after that. So to all you naysayers, I told you I'd be back, and here I am. I, I, I've restrained myself from taking over as much as I usually do. I'm not sponging the focus off the people in their actual show. But since you've invited me to turn the tables on you and ask <laughs> you a question... I'll gladly take advantage of this platform. Now, our Kickstarter for Action Figure Adventure Season 2, again, it's on Kickstarter. Days left. You can join this. And you know what? If you're somewhere in Australia or Germany or Japan, you can add on extra discs to save shipping if you and your friends want to get a couple of discs. Because every time I listen to Toy Power Podcast, it's always about that shipping costs and the Australian conversion for those figures. And you guys must be millionaires because I don't know how you can afford any of these dollars. (laughs) We make it simple and we make it easy. One of our stretch goals, $30,000, which seems like it might be very difficult for us to reach at this point, is to do six episodes, a new six episode run, a kind of a mini season or a half season, if you will. And I'm curious, how could we possibly alter or tinker or change the concept just a little bit, mainly to drive Jay nuts? What do you think that we could do to, to shake things up from season one to season two? We compress the time, which is great for entertainment. Uh, I forced him to do a bunch of things that he didn't like to get out of his comfort zone. His words, not mine. Mm-hmm. What else can we do to really ratchet him up and, and see the psychosis, psychosis of humanity crumble before cameras <laughs> for our delight? Oof. What do you think we could do for those six episodes? How could we tweak things? Keeping in mind that it's buying toys, yep. going places, yeah. yep. the same likely, likely an auction at the end for charity. Yep. Well, maybe not necessarily an auction, maybe something else. Well, well, yeah, go on. You, you, I was just going to say, well, toy store, and look, toy stores are a big part of this, right? Yeah. Because, you, you know, you can go in there, you can, you know, have a look around, and we all love seeing as the camera pans, seeing the goodies in the background. It's like a, you know, virtual tour of these places that we might not be able to get to in person. I think there's a bit of a, uh, a comfort zone for Jay to embark on where it's not just as simple as going into a toy store and, and you know negotiating a ticket price with the storeholder, but actually maybe going into other collectors' collections and, and having to try and extract things from that collection <laughs> to use in the auction. Now, that may be you know paying something for it. Yep. It may be trying to extract things as a donation. It might be trying to trade things. Yeah, I think trading, there's a tra- yeah. trading, you know, like this this sort of concept that I think brings Jay out of his comfort zone. And I think if I think I'm going to count it here, <laughs> Rob, right? So I always think about the, the numbers involved. The, uh, to go into a store that is selling at, you know, they've got overheads. They've got their, their rent to pay. They've got their staff. They've got to keep the lights on. You, you, you're going to, you know, the margin between what you can purchase something at a toy store and then what you can sell it at. Sure, an astute collector will be able to make money on that. But I think if you're going to the source, if you're going to collectors 
and you're able to access things maybe at a non-store price, there's potentially more upside when you sell these things. So I'd like to see that maybe explored a little bit, that that kind of getting in at the grassroots level, getting in either at the sort of the garage sale level or at the yeah, collector level wow. and watching him sweat. Because I know that'll be uncomfortable for him. Yeah. Swapping, negotiating, asking for freebies, <laughs> yeah, rubs, sort of yeah, rubbing his hands together yeah. in anticipation. Oh, I love it when he sweats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I freaking love that idea. And I've got two yeah. ideas now. One, one's come to mind and it's sort of a segue off uh, what Trent's just said. I think there's, you went to PowerCon last year and I thought that was fantastic. You season went, uh, yeah, yeah. Season, sorry, season one, yes. And uh, you did some negotiations and things. I think there are far more bargains to be had at the con level, at the show level, at the toy fairs and things, uh, then you can buy at a shop. And I think, you know, moving around some of the cons and things, I think you can get some uh, really good deals. The uh, last there. hour as people are yeah. packing up. Yeah. Yeah. They right. don't yeah. want to take that the, the, uh, the, the stress big items. of trying to watch it, like not paying top dollar, but yeah. also wanting to get it and watching as the time ticks and you can maybe get that yeah. bargain because they don't want to take it home. That's right. Right? Yep. 20% off everything. Season one, right? Yeah. Season one, we had access before the public came in. And if you remember, I'm talking to Jay just before the doors come in. I'm like, Jay, I got 10 minutes to decide if you want me to go get this Skeletor. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they're going to let the doors open and he will not hold it longer. Yeah. So yeah. it's either the last day when some stuff has been picked over, but there's still a few gems before they're packing up because they don't want to put one more thing in their car. Or before the show opens and nobody else has seen this stuff. Yeah. Those yeah. are the two yeah. prime prime opportunities, right? To rush over the tables. Hey, what's this? Yeah. So I think that's a big uh, call out and that's a bit of a segue cool. from what Trent said. But also throw into the mix some girls' toys or something. Like it's totally out of his comfort zone. So I think there's I don't think there's any money in modern toys, so stick to the vintage uh, route. But like, you know, some maybe well, some job like, of sale barge might disagree, but go on. <laughs> that that is true. Sorry, that is true, yeah. But like I'm just talking like I know you know maybe Shira or um you know Cabbage Patch or uh, you know the what are the um smelly strawberry shortcake type things you know yeah. the items in box and things ponies. that are yeah, yeah ponies, ponies there's yeah. a big market for the ponies and things like just I'm not saying the whole season needs to be based around but maybe you know well, he did one do, or he two did items do one Shira he did item yes from yep. from season one yeah, yeah. yeah. just just to masters just, adjacent yeah, yeah. just but, to uh, yeah. diversify and things and and you know and, and that to me is collecting something that is not in your comp in his comfort house, zone yeah. that uh, he knows a sure. ton about so and and I'm not saying that I think, there's I think a the, plentiful the only knock with that is is what's at the stores that's right, right? Yeah. most yeah. of these yep. stores are unfortunately boys toys yep. Why was Shira at that one store that we went to in season one at Trios Collectibles? He man adjacent. Yeah. You know, there isn't golden yep. gals. They're really like my my wife grew up with strawberry shortcake. She gave our daughter the very berry house, the giant mm. playset. You know, I've been looking for the furniture for that every store that we go to. It's just not, not out there. Yeah. Yeah. I would love it, you know, but here's the nice thing, right? Where we, Jay can't find stuff and focus on it. I get to kind of focus on the interstitial stuff where we talk to collectors about these other things. So you will see in season two, we definitely talk about female action figures and toys for girls. And we highlight some of these different properties that come up so that the show, whether Jay comes across or not, is a nice balanced blend of toy culture discussion. Yeah. Yeah. We can tip the scales. But I'd love to see Jay, Jay really pine over, do I get 
sour grapes or do I get the purple pie man? What kind of condition are they in? He do, you know? Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but he does have a bit of a or gem, gem. gem collection. He, lo- he loves yeah. gem. Yes. Yeah. He loves yeah. gem. Yeah. So, he absolutely you know, loves gem. And we know some pretty uh, hardcore gem I collectors know. here. Yes. So. I, pointed him yeah. in the, I pointed him in those couple of episodes yeah. that you guys had yeah. that, that lovely gentleman on to discuss. I forget his name, but he's truly, truly and a great yeah. 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 he's, he's got an incredible, yeah. I mean, into the prototypes and that sort yeah. of thing as well. He's the real collector. We're all just pretending buying yeah. whatever they do. Well, that, that, that's why factory. you can't find any gem because he has got it all. He's got it all. He's got it all. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, look, I'm probably going to throw this out there. Uh, if uh, if Jay is to be considered the, the Batman of this series, I want to see him oh, go around with someone else. Now, we've talked about you as the little devil on his shoulder. I want to see a, a Pixel Dan or a Motu Joe. So the two of them, Go along, and then the conversation is not you and Jay, because as we've said, you know how to push his buttons. I want to see him go around with another collector, and then the two of them have to make the decision: do we buy this now? Do we go? You know, the, the decisions you talked about, various stores, and then you've got two different people coming from. They're both collectors, but they're coming from two different walks of life. They've all had different experiences, and just see, you know, what comes out of that. That's really interesting. There's a show on Discovery Plus up here, which is uh, another one of these streaming platforms with a guy named Cody Lundin. He's a survivalist. He barefoots everywhere. And they basically drop him in different survival situations. And he's had a few different partners and they almost always disagree on how to survive the situation. Yeah. And they've re- regrettably kind of come to terms on, okay, I guess we should build a fire using <laughs> our only, you know, flammable source. So we survive the night. I almost kind of like the idea of sticking day with somebody who's completely unlike him to see how that works now the problem is you know are they each going to put into the budget so that they can sure. share it or is it just going to be jay's budget like you guys said you know ten thousand dollars which is what he put up for season two is a lot of money would you be comfortable putting five thousand dollars up of your budget into the into the mix or not so much the other idea is to send two collectors out separately and yep. see what they come back with yep and cross-cut between their journeys using their different philosophies. It's not a competition because it's all going to the same great cause, but that seeing what choices they make. <laughs> it's oh, it's always line. a competition. <laughs> well, believe me, when, when I was at PowerCon and Rancho Obi-Wan, and he's the big Star Wars fan, it was a competition. <laughs> it was definitely a competition. There was some bragging rights there for sure. Because I'll say it as often as I can. You know, that time I was at Rancho Obi-Wan. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I forget what I was saying, but I just wanted to throw it out there. (laughs) That's fantastic. Those are great ideas, guys. So uh, collectors, cons, uh, girls' toys, and uh, collaborators, maybe. Yep. Collectors, cons, collaborators, and uh, other ideas. I'm going to steal it all. We'll see what happens. That's it. It's all all part of the... uh idea generation process so i I think we just made a a toy trade there and we ended up with rob so you know that's this is uh (laughs) this is the life we lead i i I sent you guys a screener link to episode one and i know some of you cared enough to watch it before i came on what did you guys which yeah i I, I wasn't i was i wasn't sure if we were allowed to talk about that but yes thank you You very much for what's uh, the hot take oh look it's um I'm keen. Like the minute I found out about this, you know, this extended budget, the trip was being extended and, you know, Jay was, you know, talking it up as he does. And, and I just got this vibe that he's just like, he's, he's really feeling that pressure that there's, you know, a lot more at stake, obviously for him, 
you know, fronting up that initial amount. And, and he's like, nah, we've got to go big. You know, he wants that. There was talk of the flag in, in episode one and, and whether that's going to come true or not. Like, it's just, it's, uh, it has dialed everything up a notch from, uh, from season one. And we're only, you know, one episode into to the new season. So it's, um, you know, very keen to, uh, to see the rest of it for sure. Go. And you guys are just going to sleep on it. You guys are going to wait till. Oh no, uh, definitely. <laughs> we 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 will watch it. Work is uh, a real life thing that we have to uh, do. Um, yeah. So now we'll 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 check it out when we can. So. Yeah, I'm not naming any My names, apologies. but I only found out about a link. I think about uh, 12 hours ago. <laughs> oh um, what? Yep. Yep. That may may be part of the uh, issue here, but again, no <laughs> names will be mentioned. <laughs> Um, now, Rob, as, as we head to closing out this episode, I just want to fire it off to you quickly. What's happening in toy collecting for you right now? Like, what is, what's driving, what's the driving the, the Rob furnace, toy furnace here? I was just saying to the other guys, um, I, I started a vintage Joe collection. Yeah, so this is something, you know, and I was chatting with one of my, one of our Canadian uh, friends, Colin Betts, Big Joe Man. And I was, Ottawa, yeah. I was, uh, yep, mm. yep, that's right. Um, and I was saying, it's a great line to collect because it's just so, so small. <laughs> and he said, do you realize <laughs> you're talking about a line with a seven foot aircraft carrier? And I said, well, I'm just looking at the figures right now. Let's not go down. And that that's how it right always now. starts. Is, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's happening for me. Do you have something <laughs> that's uh, burning the, the toy collecting furnace in your life at the moment? Yeah, well, I'm glad your favorite Canadian, Colin, was the, 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 the difficulty of your tea stop with a real American hero. So we'll see how that progresses. I can't wait to, to hear how that carries on. For me, I for whatever reason, I'm really into cops and crooks. Uh, loot, nice. complete yeah. if I can. I just Beautiful. love those figures, the bigger G.I. Joes, awesome guns, articulation. So I'm going to go down that path for a little bit. There's nothing modern that's super awesome. I mean... McFarlane's putting out some great DC figures, but like, you know, I was really excited by you guys can see it here from my action figure spotlight. Oh, yeah. Just for you guys, this power suit Lex Luthor. Yeah. But this is all you get. Yeah. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's okay, but he's just standing here. He's an old man in a green <laughs> tracksuit. Like it's <laughs> you know, it's it's nothing to write home about. It looks much cooler in the package. And I'm finding that's the case with a lot of the, the DC stuff from McFarlane. They look great and they're posed in their package the second you take them out. They're not nearly as fun to hold and manipulate like most figures are when you open them. Mm. I got to open up those Super 7 Turtles behind me, those Ultimates, because those look great. You guys have been championing me to open up your gosh darn toys, Rob. Oh, yeah. Play with them. You're a man, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> um, so that's the thing. Cops and Crooks for me right now is Very the good. big focus. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Now, I love, love Cops and Crooks. I've been, I actually, funnily enough, have been doing a few eBay searches on Cops and Crooks in these last few days as well. Turbo Two-Tone oh, yeah. is one I want to get into my collection. He came with a vehicle. Stay off eBay trend. Yeah, off eBay. <laughs> don't, don't go on my hunting ground. I, I, have, mo I have most of them, Rob, so uh, you, you, pre you're pretty safe. You have of course been, you do, you have been, Of course you do. You have been outbid again. Who is the top bidder? <laughs> Rob McZoll. <laughs> But yeah. oh, no, it's, uh, you've been out bed again, Aussie Lego master. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? Oh no, but it, it is a fantastic line, and as you say, GI Joe, but only uh, only bigger. Um, and and you know that those characters are in GI Joe, right? They ported them over yep. for the DEA stuff. All the narc like long like uh, long arms in there, and bulletproofs in there, and they're all in there. 
Uh, and it's confirmed by uh, our good friend Dan Kay, who's got a Kickstarter out there now for the pre-production artwork of G.I. Joe. Yes. Uh, he confirmed that Larry Hama did the file cards for them as well. And so they're all part of the same universe. Uh, Crossover aspect that not many people know about. Mm, there you go. Cooler. Well, Exclusive number three right here. Yep. Chuckles and Bulletproof <laughs> working, working crime together. That's fantastic. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 Well, Rob, thank you so much. We wish you all the best with the remaining days on the Kickstarter. And we're super excited. We, I mean, I can't convey the level of excitement we have yeah. in yep. terms of this show. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that share that view. So, again, congratulations on the show. We all know the quality of what these guys put together. So, it's just something you need to get behind. Yep. And... uh your collection won't be complete without it. As no. Fresh would say, you're losing money. Losing if you money. Don't <laughs> yep. go into this Kickstarter. <laughs> so do yourselves a favor and jump in. Rob, thank you so much for your time. Been a pleasure to chat. Um, absolutely wonderful. One of our favorite Canadians, right? Yeah, one, yeah. Of, one, yeah, of, yeah. one of them. One of them. Not the favorite, just one of them. Rob, uh, before we uh, let you go, uh, please uh, shout out where we, everyone can find you. Obviously, you've got your survival tactics uh, thing going on on YouTube and stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah. pl- <laughs> please uh, shout out where everyone can find you. Easiest places, check me out on Twitter at Rob McZob, on Instagram at Rob McCallum Films, or at Action Figure Adventure at the Jane Rob Toy Show. And of course, on YouTube, there is a competing Rob McCallum who is a survivalist, apparently. He's a real bush man. He's getting out there with all the logs and trying to, he's trying to one up me. So, as Jay has been trying to fight his doppelganger, the exorcist, exorcist Jay Barlow, that I am now taking on the Scottish woodsman of Rob McCallum. But here I come. Who's Toy who, collector Rob McZob. Who, who's got the longer beard? You or uh, the survivalist? Well, I haven't, I haven't dared give him a view. <laughs> I've only seen his, his William Wallace doppelganger, so I don't have any faith in his, in his actual uh, male prowess, as we say. Well called. Well yep, called. Nicely done. Well done, man. Awesome. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Toy Box. I should just say before we go, we, we now do the intro as part of the show. Like we play the intro. Yes. Everyone can hear it. And and then we were rocking out to oh, yeah. watching Rob. He was like hitting all the bass and the, the he knows thrashing the, guitar. He knows the song. I was... I was finding it very hard. I've not heard the show to, once or twice. <laughs> I think if you go back and listen to that intro really just, closely, oh. you can probably just hear us trying to stifle our giggles yes. over the top of it. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> One of the great moments of Toy Power history. Um, thank you for everyone for tuning into another episode of Toy Power. It is so wonderful to have your company each and every week. We thank you so much for listening in to, to all our Patreons, Rob included. Thank you so much for your input and chatter on the Discord. We love you guys and thanks again. Take care, stay safe, and we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey! You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us. Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome.